The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. If it's passed, bounced, or hit, we're talking about it. All Sports Talk is on News Radio WGNS. All Sports Talk is sponsored by Good Neighbor State Farm agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris, and Deb Ensel. Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home, helping families since 1880. First Bank, serving Murfreesboro, Smyrna, and all of Rutherford County. Parks Auction Company, committed to auction excellence. Creekside at Three Rivers Assisted Living. Greg Hall with Hall's Auto Care. And the Blue Raider Insider Report, sponsored by Mike Tanzel at My Team Insurance. Steve Ruckert with RAI Advisors. And Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. We put the all in all sports talk. From the preps to MTSU, we've got you covered. It's all sports talk on Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Good afternoon. Welcome to All Sports Talk. A blistering Wednesday here in Murfreesboro. And it looks like it'll be that way tomorrow as well. Maybe a little relief in sight at the end. Won't only be like end of the week. Probably only be 93, so... Anyway, <laughs> it's going to be hot, hot, hot. Hey, today we're going to be joined by Diane Turnham. Um, she's the Senior Women's uh, Associate uh, Head Athlete. I can't even get her title right. She's a, <laughs> she, Nobody she, can. It's a long She's one. big time in charge over at MTSU. Let's put it that way. And, you know, deals, you know, predominantly with women's sports, but other things as well. And, uh coach as i always call you coach thanks for joining us as always well monty it's my pleasure it's always great to talk to you and uh, all of our fans about a little blue raider athletics yes absolutely and speaking of that um uh you know you were a you were a college athlete and then of course came here as an assistant coach but you know when we hear title nine um Title IX isn't just about sports. The the sports side of it's just kind of an offshoot, isn't it? You know, it really is, Monty. Uh, I, I was talking to somebody the other day. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be on the women's volleyball committee as the chair uh, the year that Title IX turned 40. And the uh, Final Four was at uh, Louisville that year, and Julie Herman, who was uh, an associate AD up there, brought in the the woman who put forth the legislation for Title IX, and we brought her in to speak to all the athletes at the Final Four. And the most amazing thing, she was such a sweet lady, and she said, you know, I, I never dreamed that it would have any effect on athletics. We were just upset that uh, the women in our department did not get promoted for tenure at the same level of the men's. Uh, professors and so we put this forward and I never even thought about athletics and we're th- we were just smiling because we're thinking oh my goodness you know what a, what an incredible thing for someone who didn't even really understand the the entire magnitude of what she was doing but but thank goodness she she stood up and said hey it needs to be equal and it, it helped in so many different areas now in its premise is title nine give um young women uh i guess equal opportunity to play college sports to get scholarships uh in college sports is that kind of the gist of it 
Well, basically, it just says that that no individual uh, on the basis of sex, race, several different areas can be discriminated against and should have all equal opportunities. And uh, and so, you know, when you stop and you start thinking about what that could affect, um, you know, no person should be discriminated against. We know that. And then when you think about how uh, some of our, our women's programs back there did not, uh, number one, didn't really totally have organized sports. They certainly uh, didn't have uh, specified coaches. They didn't have a place to practice. They didn't have a budget. They didn't have scholarship. They didn't have, you know, any of the things that a lot of the male counterparts had that were playing sports at that time. And so it covers about 14 different things um, that, that you should have access to that that includes athletic training that includes academic tutoring that includes you know budgets uh the ability to travel at the same uh type of transportation the ability to practice in similar facilities at like hours i mean it's just amazing when you stop and look at it to see all the different things that it did affect in college athletics but first and foremost yes it was scholarships and actually organized teams and so that was one of the most exciting things because if you look at MTSU in the late 60s, early 70s, well, no, no uh, organized teams were there. Uh, in fact, uh, Dr. Sandy Neal, who uh, was our first scholarship athlete at MTSU, was, uh, you know, playing tennis, but they had no scholarships. And so she and a couple of basketball athletes were the first ever to receive a scholarship back in 1972 at MTSU. Yeah, and, um, you know, that's certainly a trailblazer. And, you know, um, you know, I, I still don't think maybe some things still aren't where they should be. But, uh, in, you know, in a 50-year span, it's, it's, it's night and day now. You know, we were we were talking about that. That many of the athletes that that heard uh, the woman talk about starting Title IX were already, even ten years ago, completely benefiting from what she did. I mean, they had a full scholarship. They, you know, they didn't realize there were times people didn't have full scholarships. Uh, they had, you know, athletic trainers. They had academic tutoring. They had the same equipment. They had. Uh, so many things that I, I don't want to say they took for granted, but they just kind of probably thought it was always that way. They never had to buy their own tennis shoes and their own practice clothes and pile in a station wagon and go to some other university to play a game that really wasn't even sanctioned. Uh, and you look back, uh, you know, I went to the Ohio Valley Conference uh, 50th anniversary of Title IX luncheon associated with their spring meetings a couple of weeks ago and got to see some old friends and one of those was mary nell metters who uh, was at tennessee tech for so many years and a lot of people may not know it but she went to school at middle tennessee state and she was one of those people that played without a scholarship uh and she and sue gunner who was a very well-known coach at lsu for so many years they both are middle tennessee state graduates and they went on to start women's programs at other institutions and when you stop and you think about all the things they did to blaze that trail, it's just amazing to, to think about their dedication uh, and, and their desire to make sure everyone 
not only themselves, but everyone else had the opportunity to play college athletics uh, at, at a higher level. And so that's pretty exciting to see. You know, the rivalry in me hates to give Tennessee Tech credit for anything, but give, ten- <laughs> I know, give, give Tennessee Tech credit. that they, and they were one of the, as far as teams, programs, they were a big-name program in the infancy years of women's basketball. And I know uh, at one time forever, they were in the top 20 in victories in America. Right. Well, you know, Monty, I, and I don't, you know, I don't think of myself as a dinosaur. Well, sometimes I do, but I, I graduated in the uh, late 70s. And if you uh, wanted to play college basketball, there were not many choices. And the top choices were uh, Belmont under coach uh, Betty Wiseman. Uh, we got to go to her camps, and, and she ran a great program at Belmont, uh, Tennessee Tech with Mary Nell Metters. Even Pat uh, Summit at that time had just started, so Tennessee was not really uh, a huge program at the time. And then a lot of people laugh when I say this, but the Wayland Baptist Flying Queens were also a big team back then. and We didn't play in the NCAA. We were back in the AIAW. In fact, I think I played in one of the last AIAW tournaments uh, at Lipscomb in 1980. So I think right after that is when the NCAA picked up women's sports and went, hey, maybe this is going to stick around. Let's let's do some women's sports. And so it was an exciting time. Yeah, you know, and then, you know, you softball became big. And, then, you know, of course, volleyball. Um, and then soccer came around. Uh of course, track and field. I mean, there's it, it, it created so many opportunities that in all those previous years, you know, uh, young girls never had a chance. You know, that's so true. I mean, I, I remember at Mount Juliet, I played for Coach Larry Joe Inman, and we had basketball, and that was pretty much it. And he, we laughed because he started a track program to keep us in shape when we weren't in basketball season. And, uh, you know, several of our basketball athletes broke records in the NIL back in the old Nashville League uh, with our track program. And he started that, you know, just to keep us uh, moving and in shape. And it it was so much fun. Uh, And, you know, you you talk about other sports, the ones you just mentioned, there there was some softball, but most of that was a summer league. There was no tennis. There was no volleyball. Uh, I never had the opportunity to play volleyball. I loved the sport, but I never had that opportunity. And then, lo and behold, uh, Coach Jimmy Earl hires me to come to Middle Tennessee State to be the first full-time assistant women's basketball coach. And he let me coach volleyball, a a sport I'd never played. And and you can remember that well with us uh, sharing some practice time back in those good old days. There were some lean years, and, and I was just excited to get my volleyball athletes some of the same opportunities our women's basketball team had back then, let alone uh, some of the benefits that uh, our men's sports had. We're joined today by Diane Turnham, Senior Associate Athletic Director at MTSU, talking Title IX today and how far uh, women's sports has come in uh, leaps and bounds in college athletics over the last uh, 50 years. This portion of All Sports Talk has been brought to you by First Bank, where the bank remains true to its ideals since founded in 1906. That's First Bank. We'll take a break and be right back.
the Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street across from the tall NHC building. All of the proceeds that we generate from our store goes directly back into the ministry for those programs that Greenhouse has. So we would just encourage people to come out and take a look. The Garden Patch offers competitive prices on name brand clothing, furniture, large appliances, household items, toys, and more. Shopping at the Garden Patch helps Greenhouse Ministries inspire, give hope, and change lives. The Garden Patch Thrift Shop on Spring Street in downtown Murfreesboro. In retirement, it's all about income, your money, making money, and you're not spending down your principal. That's the way we do it at Retirement Income Solutions. So if you're spending down your principal or your money's not making money, keeping you ahead of inflation, check us out today at risolutions.net, risolutions.net, and make sure sure to join us Saturdays at noon and Sunday afternoons at 1 for Retirement Income Solutions Radio with Nathan Cox and Lindsey Cotter. At State Farm, when home and auto work as a team, you score and save money. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wama. Give me a call at 615-890-0850 and let's work together to win big by saving money on home and auto. With the service you get from State Farm, you might think our car insurance costs more. I'm State Farm Agent Andy Wama. Give me a call at 615-890-0850 and let me show you with discounts up to 40%. You may find it even costs less. Greetings, friends. This is Lenny Farmer with the Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home in Murfreesboro. If you ever had to deal with the final arrangements of a loved one, funerals are both emotional and financial. You can easily be drained both ways when you least expect it. I can help you in both of these areas by showing you the positive side of prearranging. Locking in your cost for the rest of your life will truly relieve some emotional stress at that time. Call me, won't you, at 615-893-2422. Let's talk. All Sports Talk on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back in to All Sports Talk. Diane Turnham joining us today. Uh, Coach, you, um, there's so many topics you can jump back and forth on. I, you know, uh, I remember uh, the women's games. Uh, when the women started playing, they played before the men. And um, I guess the games would start at 5 o'clock or 4.30. And then you'd get some stragglers coming in, you know, before the men's games. And then right. and, and, and that. And I remember watching, this was obviously pre-ESPN, when, you know, you can, you can sit in the recliner all day and watch college basketball from 11 to midnight now. You just pick your channel, you know. And... I remember uh, the men's game would be over and they would be interviewing the coach and the star player and the women were c- going through their warm-ups. They played after the men. Right. And so <laughs> obviously everybody left, you know. So in terms of crowds, the growing of the game, and I think, you know, I mean, let's face it, you had old school men and, and they, they just scoffed at the idea that women could play basketball five-on-five five to begin with, you know. And, um, right. And, and now, for people who enjoy basketball, I like watching the women's game. I know a lot of people like watching the women's game where that wasn't the – once you get exposed to it and watch it, and, you know, and, and softball's a great example. I think most men, and as much as I love the College World Series – I love watching that softball. It's a fast game, 
and it's amazing what those girls can do. You know, I think that's so true, Monty. You know, uh, coaching basketball, we always said, hey, given the same opportunities, we can produce uh, an entertaining event. It may not be exactly like the men's game, but it's a different version, and it's an exciting version. Uh, back in those early years when, when you saw Tennessee, uh, you know, develop uh, some of their top teams and they're going to the NCAA tournament every year, uh, those were great times and those were some great women's programs to watch. Uh, and so, you know, we always said given the right resources, we could hold our own. And I think uh, nobody did that better than Pat Head Summit, who, you know, averaged some uh, incredible crowds. Uh, back in the 70s and early 80s, and then you you add softball, and I agree with you. What an exciting sport! Uh, they hit the ball more. You know, baseball is a great game. America's pastime. Nobody is debating that. But the women's game is a little faster. You can use pitchers more often because of the arm motion. Uh, you can see a top pitcher every day, and you see the the women hit a lot of balls. If you if you watch the college. Uh, World Series or softball series this year, you you watch some incredible softball. So, you know, once again, it's not exactly the same game as baseball, but it's it's uh, a great way uh, for people to enjoy the game and and see it. And it's become one of the the uh, you know most watched on ESPN. I think they'll tell you how much it's grown the last couple of years, and it's exciting to see. Um. How educated do you think today's female college athletes are on what Title IX is? <laughs> or do they just you know, or do they take do they take their opportunities they have for granted now, which you can't blame them. I mean, that's all they've known now. Well, you know, money, I I don't want to say, "Oh, they've taken it for granted." I I don't I don't think necessarily they do, and yet you're right. They don't know what they did not have in the last 50 years. Um, they've always been afforded the opportunity to participate in sports. I mean, I remember when I was at Mount Juliet, we never had youth basketball leagues. You know, Larry Joe made each of us take a team, and, and we got in the community, and we started junior pro basketball. Well, most young women today don't remember a time they didn't have club sports or junior pro uh, and those things. And so I think any time you've had it for a long time, you kind of forget that uh, it is uh, a privilege to play those sports. It's not necessarily your right because we did not have that right back then. Now uh, it's a privilege. And, and I, I think that about college athletics as a whole, but I, I don't ever want people to take it for granted. But the way the NCAA has changed, I mean, once upon a time, getting a college scholarship was the ultimate goal. And, and now with the uh, NILs, the name, image, and likeness, uh, and all the different things, the transfer portal, I think, sadly, sometimes a lot of our athletes do take some things for granted that, because they think they've always had those things available. And, and you know, the sad reality is only 50 years ago, many of us did not have that opportunity, and we should continue to appreciate it and take advantage of it. And, you know, um, aspiring coaches are getting more opportunity. I mean, you know, for years, uh, you know, in the men's game, it looked like a Fortune 500 company over there, <laughs> nine guys dressed in 
suits, and then in college you just see two guys over there. Right. Or a guy and a man or, or, or whatever the case. So it's created more opportunities for women to coach, maybe not at the collegiate level, but certainly the high school level. And, uh, you, you know, if you follow basketball in the mid-state, there is a lot of uh, overriding more um, – I mean, there's still men's coaches, but there's a lot of women's coaches now. You know, the, the opportunities are endless, uh, and that's an exciting thing. Um, it's kind of crazy because I never thought I would set out to be a college coach, and, and one thing led to another, and I got some opportunities that I never dreamed of. Uh, you know, when I mentioned uh, earlier that I was brought here to coach basketball with Coach Larry Joe Inman, and I was – Told I was going to coach volleyball. I was the only coach. I was the head coach, the assistant coach, the bus driver, the manager, you name it. I did it all for volleyball. And, you know, the whole time I coached, I felt like these young ladies deserved more, but I was all they had at the time. And it was so exciting to see them come in and be able to get scholarships and to participate and you know, when I looked at my male counterparts, uh, Coach Ramrod Simpson was coaching the men back then. I believe he had three full-time assistants, and they all made quite a bit more money than I did, and they only coached one sport. Uh, but you know what? I was so excited for the opportunity. I, I didn't care. I just wanted to be able to coach those two teams to the very best of my ability and to develop opportunities for them to get their education Uh, We always talked about how important that education would be uh, to allow them to support themselves for the rest of their lives. And and I look back now and see some of the athletes that that came in and and went with me through that process. And and to see the success they've had as a result of their college scholarship is still phenomenal. And that's something I'm probably the most proud of when I look back at my career there at MTSU. I was going to say now, when you first started, you were wearing – all kinds of hats and making big, big, you were making big time bucks, weren't you? Oh yeah, I I was, I I was probably making about a third of one of the assistants that, uh, the men's basketball team had. Uh, but I was young and crazy and didn't know the difference and was living the dream, uh, you know, coaching two sports and also teaching a a part-time teaching level. I came in early. I got some travel and recruiting done. I taught two or three classes. I took off to uh, women's basketball practice from 1.30 to 3.30. From 3.30 to 5.30, I went over to the old gym, and we practiced a little volleyball. And then at night, I came back to use the old watch line to do a little recruiting, or I was driving somewhere to watch people play. And so my day was from about 6 a.m. to midnight, but I didn't know the difference. I just, you know, I was so happy for that opportunity uh, that that I would have done anything to do that. Uh, then I found out a little bit about salaries and opportunities. So, you know, we started fighting a little bit harder for opportunities, not only for our student athletes, but for our coaches. Because, you know, just looking at the men and them having four people on the floor to coach them and us only having two uh, and there were times I was away with the volleyball team. So, you know, Larry Joe was excited to have the first full-time assistant, and I was excited about that. But still, I wasn't really full-time because I was coaching a, another sport. So uh, things have evolved greatly. I, I look at the coaching staffs today, and, and in almost every situation, uh, you know, they have um, a head coach and three full-time assistants and a director of operations. And so, yeah, there's a lot of suits sitting over there on the bench. <laughs> sure are. 
You're listening to All Sports Talk. Diane Turnham join us today. We'll take a break. We'll be right back, and Chip Walters will join us with the Blue Raider Insider Report. It's Commander Chuck, and it's my goal to get you to and from work each weekday around the congestion and all the accidents. Listen for my traffic reports every weekday morning and afternoon here on News Radio WGNS and see real-time traffic information at ontimetraffic.net. Good afternoon. Here's what we're looking at live. 65 up through Madison has increased quite a bit with that traffic flow. They're building pretty good now on I-40 East. They're hitting the brakes sometimes out there in Wilson County on 40 East, right where it merges in with 840. 840 looks like it got a little bit slow earlier down in the Spring Hill area in certain spots. Hey, over Gatlinburg Restaurant and Lounge celebrating Oktoberfest. Now through the end of the month, you still got time. Check out those beautiful fall colors at obergatlinburg.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. If you're not waking up to the Wake Up Brew, here's what you've been missing. You think we're way out there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't miss the Wake Up Brew with John, Brian, and Dalton. Weekday mornings from 6 until Swap and Shop. In Rutherford County, you know how much it means to have neighbors you can count on. I'm State Farm Agent Bud Morris, here to help life go right when you combine home and auto insurance. Call me today at 615-893-1417. Every team knows which play can be the winning move. I'm State Farm Agent Bud Morris, here to help life go right by combining your home and auto insurance. Call me today at 615-893-1417. It's a winning move that saves you time and money. Whether you need general vehicle upkeep and maintenance or a complete vehicle overhaul, Hall's Auto Care is here for you. We're locally owned and operated by Greg Hall and have been in business since 2014. You'll get excellent service and trustworthy advice with Hall's Auto Care. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. We're ready to help get you safely on the road. Hall's Auto Care, 907 Ridgely Road, just off Broad Street behind Chili's. Online at hallsautocare.net. Hall's Auto Care. It's time. Show your true blue. Blue Raiders. It's time for the Blue Raider Insider Report with Chip Walters. Sponsored by Mike Tanzel with My Team Insurance, Steve Rucker and RAI Advisors, and Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance. Go Blue Raiders. When you think insurance, think Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance 200 South Lowry in Smyrna. Rayburn is an independent agency, so Wayne will shop multiple national companies to make your best insurance deal. It's personal with Wayne, whether working in community, schools, or insurance. Trust Wayne Blair, your full-service insurance agent. 390-8476. Wayne Blair, Rayburn Insurance, 390-8476. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Some big news came out of the Bill Blue campaign yesterday, and that is the Tommy and Judy Smith family have provided a $1 million gift toward the Bill Blue campaign. The lobby of the new Student-Athlete Performance Center will be named after Tommy and Judy Smith thanks to their generous donation. The $1 million investment from the Smith family was made in support of the Blue Raider Athletic Association's Bill Blue campaign. In all, the campaign has secured over $16 million in donor cash, donor pledges, 
and additional funds toward the over $100 million in transformational changes coming to the athletic facility landscape in Murfreesboro. Over 220 individuals and families have contributed to the Bill Blue campaign so far. The Smith family has a long history of supporting the Blue Raiders and MTSU. Judy was a professor at MTSU, and then she was the Dean of Women for about 25 years, and we all remember her as Dean Judy. In addition, she was also in charge of MTSU's cheerleaders for many years. Tommy was head of the Blue Raider Club and has been involved with the Blue Raider Athletic Association for decades. They both graduated from Middle Tennessee. It is so nice to see when people remember where they came from. Middle Tennessee recently announced that the goal for the Bill Blue campaign has been increased to $20 million and construction on the $66 million student-athlete performance center would begin sometime this winter. So congratulations and a big thank you to the Smith family for their $1 million donation to Bill Blue. Basketball made news yesterday. The Conference USA men's basketball preseason poll was out, and the Blue Raider men are picked fourth. UAB is the number one selection with nine of 11 first-place votes. Western Kentucky, number two, with one first-place vote. North Texas, third, with one first-place vote. Then it's Middle Tennessee, Florida Atlantic, La Tech, Rice, UTEP, Charlotte, FIU, and UTSA. Jordan Walker named the preseason player of the year. T. Leonard named to the all-conference preseason team. On the women's side, it is the preseason team is dotted with Middle Tennessee Lady Raiders with Savannah Wheeler, Courtney Whitson, and Ksenia Maleska. Uh, named to the preseason all-conference team. And the Lady Raiders were picked number one with nine of 11 first-place votes and 118 total points. Louisiana Tech picked second with 104 total points. Charlotte got the other two first-place votes. They're picked third. Then Rice, North Texas, Western Kentucky, UAB, UTEP, UTSA, FIU, and Florida Atlantic. And that's how the women's poll looks. Turning to volleyball, Middle Tennessee's team is set to play two Conference USA matches this week. The Blue Raiders will play host to the UAB Blazers tonight at 6 o'clock. Then they'll travel to Bowling Green on Sunday for a matchup with Western Kentucky at noon Central Time. Tonight's match will be streamed on ESPN+, while Sunday's match will be streamed by Western Kentucky on Facebook. Last week, the Blue Raiders played possibly their best ball of the season in a sweep over FAU. A couple of days later, they dropped a five-set thriller with FIU to split their weekend series. Middle is now 13-7 overall. They are 2-4 in Conference USA play. All right, that's it for Friday. Everybody have a great weekend. Rest up on this open date. I know the Blue Raider football team will as they get set for two straight road games at UTEP and uh, – coming up next weekend. So have a great weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Chip Walters here with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. I was named a top 10 agent in the number one Exit Realty office in America in 2021. The top question I get around town, how's the market? Eh, good question. And the answer's changed a few times this year alone. I'd like to know what you've heard and share some solid data we have. Give me a call and let's have a cup of coffee and take a look at what's happening in your neighborhood. All my contact info is right on my website, juicechip.net. 
I'm Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. Diane Turnham, Senior Associate Athletic Director at MTSU, join us today. We're talking Title IX and women's opportunities uh, in sports. You know, I, I heard this back in the, you know, empathy days where, you know, let's face it, some, a lot of men are kind of chauvinist about things. And, and, <laughs> and um, just to put it, try to put it as politely as I can, well, they don't need to. Why do you got to fund volleyball? You know, that's not even a revenue-producing sport. And I said, well, neither is men's golf. It's the law. You know, <laughs> it's like the law. It, it's kind of like, it's kind of like I was telling a guy the other day. He goes, well, the NCAA is not going to put up with this NIL stuff. I said they don't have no choice. They got beat nine to nothing uh, uh, in front of the Supreme Court. That's a blowout. You know, they're just going to have to find some way to deal with it. You know, so. And that's what, you know, men, they, like I said, they've had to come to um, uh, accept it. And then I would always tell them, I'm going to say, if you had a girl, you wouldn't feel that way that played athletics and she could get, right. a, and she could get a scholarship. So don't be, don't be so quick to, to dog it. Exactly. You know, I, I think that's the, the one thing that everyone uh, can understand uh, is when you have those daughters and they didn't have the same opportunities to earn a scholarship, uh, you know, you're like, wow, you know, my daughter's very talented, uh, but she can't play at the collegiate level. And having two daughters of your own, you know exactly what we're talking about. You know, I always cut up and say, you know, Chris Massaro's been a great boss because he's got four children, two of them are daughters and a a very strong-willed wife, so uh, I don't have to talk too hard about Title IX because he understands it very clearly, and, and both of his daughters were uh, going through college on swim scholarships. And, and so when you think about uh, equality and the ability to earn your way to um, pay for your college uh, education, it, it was just something that needed to happen. It took a little bit longer than we all thought it should but it's incredible now to see all of the different scholarship opportunities available for women in so many more sports than ever before. Uh, so it, it's an exciting time, and uh, it's sad, and yet I'm grateful that sometimes our, our athletes today don't understand the total significance because they haven't been without uh, during their college experience. But uh, you just hope they know that a, a lot of women you know, worked very hard to pave that way for them to have the opportunities that they have today to to play in the WNBA, to play overseas, to officiate women's basketball, to coach women's basketball. There are so many more activities uh, for them to participate in it and to develop a career. And, and I know I have benefited greatly, and, and I uh, am very grateful for the opportunities that I had at Middle Tennessee State University to uh, enhance my career and hopefully – influence some of the careers of a lot of our student athletes um diane uh, we've obviously come a long way um still work to be done though i know uh the women's soccer team is finally up to pay with the men i know i, I think it is in tennis now 
you know their excuse in tennis for all those years well uh, the women only play two out of three sets right <laughs> you know they're always coming up with an excuse but what are some areas that we still got work to do and room to grow you know, Monty, uh, uh, people love to compare salaries, and obviously that, that's an area. Uh, it's gotten much better, but obviously in the professional ranks, there are still some huge differences. Uh, we and, and I understand sponsorships, and I understand uh, all sorts of things, but, you know, um, while a lot of the women's WNBA players do well, uh, they're not anywhere near their male counterparts. Um, and there are still a lot of discrepancies in coaching salaries. They don't get me wrong; they have significantly improved, but there are still a lot of uh, major differences in salary. There are a few that are very similar, but the majority uh, of the people who coach on the college level, their their men's programs and their women's programs, still make uh, much different salaries. So that that's one way we could always work to improve. Um, how big was the Dawn Staley contract, though, at South Carolina? You know, uh, that's big. That's exciting, you know. Uh, and as soon as you see those sorts of things, uh, she's had incredible success at every level of the game. And uh, I don't think anyone can deny how hard she's worked and uh, the significance that she's had there at the University of South Carolina and as a part of uh, Team USA. Um and so that's exciting to see. Uh, and then I, I pick up, after I see the salary that, that she uh, was able to negotiate, you turn right around and, and you see that a, a pro team is looking at her. Uh, so I think, you know, there are still going to be more opportunities. You just have started seeing some women cross over to the men's ranks. I said for a lot of years that there's no doubt in my mind that Pat Head Summit could not coach any male team in America because she had personality and, and Dawn's probably one of those people too. So, uh, you, you know, you saw Bernadette Locke at Kentucky many years ago. Rick Pitino hired her uh, and, and, and I can tell you she was invaluable recruiting and coaching. Uh, so those are some other opportunities that I think you're going to continue to see where women cross over and coach their male counterparts. Diane Turnham joining us today. Uh, we'll take our last break of the show and be right back. This is musician Elaine Winters, and I'd like to invite you to Stones River Battlefield. This Saturday, starting at 10 at the Stones River Battlefield. It's part of their Arts in the Park series. The Home Sweet Home Band plays at 11 and at 2 at the Stones River Battlefield. Good afternoon. Here's what we're looking at live. 65 up through Madison has increased quite a bit with that traffic flow. The building pretty good now on I-40 East. They're hitting the brakes sometimes out there in Wilson County on 40 East, right where it merges in with 840. 840 looks like it got a little bit slow earlier down in the Spring Hill area in certain spots. Hey, over Gatlinburg Restaurant and Lounge celebrating Oktoberfest. Now through the end of the month, you still got time. Check out those beautiful fall colors at obergatlinburg.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We do it your way. 
Pizza, Pizza. Your favorites can now be ordered online at SirPizzaTN.com. Carryout and delivery are available. Just go to SirPizzaTN.com and tap the location closest to you. At Creekside Assisted Living of Murfreesboro, we provide excellence in service while maintaining the dignity of our residents in a home-like atmosphere. Come see our new community, which includes bistros, salons, a library, and spacious activity areas. A kind, friendly, and well-trained staff can help residents with the daily activities of life. Locally owned by Blue Raider alumni Tim Keach and Kent Ayer, find out more about Creekside Assisted Living, 895-3002, or online at www.creeksideassistedliving.com. Parks Auction, we handle everything. The auction is a means of drawing people together for a quick, easy sale. I've always been a big fan of auctions. You know, you get instant sale, no contingencies and everything. I've known the guys over there my entire life. Visit our website at parksauction.com to learn more. Call Parks Auction at 896-4600. Stan Vaught and the Parks Auction team are proud supporters of local high school and MTSU sports. All sports talk on News Radio WGNS on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back to All Sports Talk. Joined today by Diane Turnham, MTSU's Senior Associate Athletic athletic director um talking title nine today first of all this portion of the show also brought to you by first bank locations in the borough woodbury nashville and 46 others across the state that's first bank all right diane when did you decide you want to get into the administration end of athletics you mentioned you were the um chair of the volleyball committee um most recently the chair of the women's basketball committee so you know you had to answer tough questions and all that but how did you decide to get involved in that you know monty it's funny um those people who know me i I majored in elementary education i was going to be a uh elementary school teacher but larry joe brought me here uh i started working in college athletics uh i i saw uh, my volleyball team and some of the things they needed. I was so excited about coaching basketball. And I really never intended to stay more than maybe four or five years, but it got in my blood. And the more I coached and the more I saw the need for more opportunities for women, uh, I just knew that I wanted to make a difference somehow. Uh, there at MTSU and across our, our, our city, our state, our nation, uh, and, and I think a lot of women felt that way. Uh, so, uh, you know, when the NCAA mandated a senior woman's administrator, uh, you know, I, I was uh, selected by Coach John Stanford to, to be one. Didn't have a lot of responsibilities then. I just had a title and I attended meetings, but I started to learn more about the administrative side. And I realized I wanted to get into that field, and it was a relatively new field, and I knew I wanted to be a part of that. Uh, I never really set out to be a college coach, and I never really set out to be an athletic administrator. But, you know, sometimes God has a completely different plan than the one you have, and he brought me to middle. And, you know, in August I will be finishing my 40th year, and those have been some of the best years of my life I've enjoyed uh, helping make better opportunities for hopefully all of our athletes, but especially our female athletes. And, and that's just 
uh, it's been a huge honor to be a part of all of that there at MTSU. And, and I want to thank the administration because they've always been behind us. They might not have agreed with everything, but, you know, they've always supported us. And so, you know, uh, Dr. James Walker, who was president before Dr. McPhee, developed a program for uh, faculty members to get administrative experience. And because I still had to teach some classes, I applied for an internship. And I got to work with the only female vice president we had back then, Dr. Ann Deming, and she was over development. And I learned so much for her. I applied for her internship, and I worked in the mornings in her office and then went back and did my coaching duties in the, the afternoon and evening. And I learned so much about uh, what what we can do to affect the university and make it a better place. And, and just knowing some of the female athletes we have brought into our institution and, and their success, uh, it, it makes me so proud to know that uh, – you know, hopefully our educational programs were enhanced by some of the students that we brought to be a part of our university. You know, I'll put in one plug. The uh, chair of uh, media and entertainment is Beverly Keel, and she played on my first volleyball team. And, uh, you know, she was uh, unable to go to Columbia because her father passed away suddenly when she was a senior in high school. And all of a sudden, she had to come to Middle Tennessee, and she needed a place to make her mark, and she saw a sign that said volleyball tryouts, and she walked in, and the rest is history, and now she's over the head. She's head of the media entertainment department, and I could not be more excited and more proud of her. That's good stuff. Let me ask you this. I know we've talked about your role when you were the uh, chairman of the Women's Basketball Selection Committee. What was it like for you when you sat down and met for that first time on that weekend, and you're running the show. You know, uh, you run the show for the whole year, and so uh, I had been uh, conducting the meetings uh, since the summer, uh, and I had a great group of individuals to work with. No one just clearly understands how many hours you put in uh, on kind of an honorary committee, but uh, you, you guys saw me sitting on the sidelines watching three or four games at a time. We watched hundreds of ball games and all became very proficient with certain conferences so that we could speak to them. And, and so all year long, uh, it was one of the greatest thrills of my life to be able to work to enhance women's basketball. We worked with ESPN to get greater and greater uh, TV coverage, and now being able to see every single game is a huge accomplishment, uh, something we're very excited about. Uh, but going into that meeting, it was the oddest feeling you've ever had. Uh, a, a fellow committee member and I, and I actually met in Charlotte and were flying on to Indy. And as we were boarding the plane from Charlotte to Indy, we heard, number one, that, that conferences were starting to shut down their conference tournament, and, and that was a sick feeling. Uh, our women were about to run on the floor to participate when they came and took them off and said the, the tournament's canceled. And so we knew that there were going to be some strange times. We never dreamed that they would cancel the entire tournament. Uh, but we had a meeting that Thursday afternoon, March 12th, uh, with the NCAA starting at 3.30, and they called and asked us to come in early and it was a sick feeling. You knew that wasn't good news. And, and basically all they said is, you know, we don't, you know, the NCAA has made the decision to 
to cancel the men's and women's tournament, and, and we were just blown away. You just had this sick, empty feeling, and, and I can't imagine how the athletes felt because we were so disappointed because, you know, we already had scenarios of who we thought might make it to the Final Four and who might be the eventual national champion, and all of a sudden you knew none of that was going to happen. So it was one of the hardest days of our lives, and, and I know that it was for athletes as well, and, and they told us we could fly home that afternoon. You know, they were sorry we had to come all that way. And we couldn't even force ourselves to fly home. We waited till the next day because it was just hard. You know, you had worked so hard all year long to make sure you knew who you felt the top teams were. And, and so it was just, it was a very difficult time. No one ever sat around the table and said, you know, what would happen if we had a pandemic? And so a lot of people had to act very quickly, and the, the NCAA did that, and we certainly we respected that, but it was a very difficult time. Before we let you go, we'd be remiss not to mention that um, MTSU, um, out of, I think there's 351 universities at the Division One level now, MTSU finishes 98th in the Learfield um, um, Sports Cup and uh, the highest finishing team in Conference USA. So that means you guys are getting it done across the sport, across the board in a lot of sports this year. You know, Monty, that's probably the most exciting thing. We don't dominate in just one sport. We feel that we have a, a wide variety of coaches that do a great job in all of our sports. Uh, you know, and we don't have as many sports as a lot of programs do. So that makes it even more exciting to know we finished higher than uh, any Middle Tennessee State University team has ever finished. Uh, you know, our, our track programs have always been incredible with national competition, our women's basketball, our men's basketball, uh, you know, in, in every area. You look at men's tennis and how well they did being a top 16 seed this year. Uh, it's a great time to be a Blue Raider, and we would encourage all of our fans there in Murfreesboro and the surrounding areas to come out and support these athletes. You're going to see a quality product uh, and you're not going to have to spend an arm and a leg. We like to say we're a great economic value for the families there in Murfreesboro and you get to know some pretty incredible people. You know, we, we think our athletes, while they're not perfect, they're great role models for your children and we'd encourage you to come out and find out. We don't like being the best-kept secret in Rutherford County, so everyone needs to come out and watch all of our teams play. Well said. As always, the hour flies by, Diane, but we sure appreciate you joining us today. Well, it has been great. I always love talking with you, Monty, and anytime you want to invite me back, I'll be happy to do it. Okay, have a great day. You too, Monty. Thanks. That's Diane Turnham joining us today. She's always great and gracious to join us. And uh, uh, good stuff. And she's lived through the Title IX and everything. So, And watch things get a whole lot better. All right, everybody have a great rest of the day. We'll talk to you next time. All sports talk on News Radio. WGNS has been brought to you by State Farm agents Andy Womack, Bud Morris, and Deb Ensel. Chip Walters with Exit Realty, Bob Lamb and Associates. First Bank. Mike Tanzel with My Team Insurance, Parks Auction Company, Greg Hall with Hall's Auto Care, Steve Ruckert with RAI Advisors, Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home, Creekside at Three Rivers Assisted Living, and Wayne Blair with Rayburn Insurance.